When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Brought to you by North Memorial Health, where customers are treated like family. That means a big smile when you walk in the door and making sure your visit is as pleasant as possible. Just like your family treats you, find your health family at NorthMemorial.com slash family. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's Purple Daily. You have to be careful when you're the way you rush him because, you know, he has the mobility to get out, and when he gets out, a lot of bad things can happen. And so, you know, we have to be guarded in our rush. We have to understand the rush, rush plan, how we're going to do it and what we're going to do. It's it's not just lay your ears back and, and go uh, with him because he's, he's too dangerous when he gets out of the pocket. So we have to try to maintain our lanes, uh, and then we have to be tight on coverage. You know, he's very, very good at getting the ball quickly out of his hands, getting it in the seams. He's got, you know, he's got a great arm, and he sees things very well. So, you know, he's doing a lot of checking at the line of scrimmage. So, you know, we're going to have to play really, really good. That was Minnesota Vikings head coach Mike Zimmer, Matthew Collar here, and in studio for the first hour, two co-hosts from The Athletic, Chad Graff, Jonathan Harrison, Producing. What is up, Chad? Doing well. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm trying right now as we begin to make a Twitter poll that doesn't have people ratioing me. And if you know what ratioing is... I, I'm familiar, uh, yes. Yeah, that's when you get uh, very few favorites or retweets because people don't like the tweet, but they respond with <laughs> angry, violent responses. And I know where you're going with this Twitter poll. And I'm not sure that there is a way in, even with our increase of characters up to 280 now, I'm still not sure that there are 280 characters for you to properly convey this take that you are about to debut today. I I don't think so. Um, but I'm going to, I'm going to try here at the beginning of the show though, uh, with lots of words. So give me space here. (laughs) Give me some time. Okay. Here's, here's what I want to get at. Roll up the sleeves. Get ready. All right. I I literally just did that. Like, okay, here we go. Rub the hands together. Deep breath. Would you rather have Aaron Rodgers or Kirk Cousins? (laughs) This is a real question. Okay. And I'm, and here's, all right. Packers week is off to a great start. Give out the phone line too while you're No, do not do that. Here's, but wait for me. Give me space here to explain this. Aaron Rodgers is under contract with the Green Bay Packers until he is 40 years old. And even looking at the dead cap, that sort of thing, and how they have messed with it, as every team does, they are on the hook with him at least until 2021, probably until 2022, when he is 39 years old. Now, what I want to give you here to just set this up entirely is Aaron Rodgers' numbers 
over the last few years, all right, as he is getting older. He is age 36 right now. So from 2016 to his first game in 2019, he is 21, 18, and 1 as a starter. All right. 82 touchdowns, 15 picks, a great number of interceptions, but only 7.3 yards per attempt and a 100 quarterback rating. Those are Aaron Rodgers' numbers over the last four years. Well, three years and one game. Okay, now let's play the same game with Kirk Cousins since 2016. <laughs> just just give me space here. Give me time. Okay? Oh, boy. He is 24-23-2, so almost the same winning percentage a 97.3 quarterback rating, and 7.6 yards per attempt, 83 touchdowns, 35 picks. So he's turned over the ball more, but averaged more yards per attempt, about the same quarterback rating, about the same win-loss. He is younger by five years and only under contract for the next two years. Would you rather have Aaron Rodgers or Kirk Cousins? Here we are on this Friday the 13th in September. I never thought I, I would say the it. day. Right, right down this date, actually, because Matthew Collar is promoting Kirk Cousins' numbers as a reason that not only should you be believing in him, but that you should be believing in him over Aaron Rodgers, granted, uh, for the life of their contract. So if I'm assuming the question correctly, this is Kirk Cousins... He's got two years left on his contract. If I'm a team that I just took over as a GM, would I rather have Kirk Cousins and the remainder of his contract or Aaron Rodgers, presumably through 2022 at the earliest? Okay, let me give you one more detail here. Okay, I'm going to read you Aaron Rodgers' salary cap numbers. All right? So this year, 26.5, reasonable for a great quarterback, 32.6, 33.5, and in 2022, $37 $37 million cap hit for Aaron Rodgers. And uh, here, here's why I would pick Kirk Cousins, because you sort of uh, insinuated that you would pick Kirk Cousins, or that I would pick Kirk Cousins, and I will tell you why. Uh, even though I have been critical of uh, Mr. Cousins at times, <laughs> occasionally. Uh, hey, How just, quickly we forget the offseason. Uh, <laughs> I said the offense was going to be better for him this year, okay? He throws uh, 10 passes, and all of a sudden you're ready to sign him up. N- no, I'm not signing him. That is the main point here, is that if on paper they have largely been the same quarterback and they each have their issues, one of Aaron Rodgers' issues is that he gets sacked constantly, that he is losing so many yards and opportunities to throw the ball and throwing drives away. He was sacked in the first game five times and lost 37 yards. Last year, 49 times for 353 yards lost, which is incredible. I mean, think about how bad the Vikings offensive line last year was. Kirk Cousins lost 262 yards. Over 100 more yards lost just from Aaron Rodgers taking sacks. So his refusal to throw a risky passes, that's why he doesn't get interceptions, gets him sacked constantly. I think he's a little overrated when it comes to reading defenses, and a lot of it was pure athleticism when he put up those insane numbers. I don't ever see those numbers coming back. I think what you have here is two very similar quarterbacks at this Ooh. point. That, that, I'm saying it. You have You have both quarterbacks who can make great throws, they're accurate, but they have their problems. Now, this is a thing that we have to accept about Aaron Rodgers. He has problems now. I think two things can be true. Aaron Rodgers can be regressing and not quite the MVP that he was before, while also being significantly better than Kirk Cousins. Okay, so you say not quite. 
but let me throw these numbers at you in okay. terms of the not quite. All right, but okay? b- before we get there, let's just preface. We have talked at length about how Kirk Cousins' numbers can at times be deceiving and lend you to believe that he's actually a better quarterback, perhaps, than he is. It's true. It's true. Um, but using the whole sample sure, okay. and about the same win-loss record, so there were probably just as many times where Aaron Rodgers was playing from behind and racking up more uh, stats. I wonder if Aaron Rodgers is going to come out and say, these last three years I've been kind of a 500 quarterback. <laughs> I haven't even been any better than Kirk. Uh, that that would be, Or if Aaron will listen to the segment and be mad at me or something, because he's a psycho like that. But uh, in his prime... Aaron Rodgers, 2009 to 2014, a 109 quarterback rating, which is historic. 8.4 yards per attempt, which usually would lead the entire NFL. 197 touchdowns, 43 picks, which is good for averaging 36 to 8 ratio over 16 games. At that point in his career, he's one of the great quarterbacks in history, and he goes 64 and 23 during that time. But after that, after his prime, which takes him into his early 30s, he's just not super special. And if he's not super special, then he's not worth a $33 million cap hit. And I wouldn't want to lock into a guy who isn't super special all the way through age 40 years old, where with Kirk Cousins, if I don't like what I see this year, I can move on from Kirk Cousins eventually. So the, I guess shortly, that's the actually. other part of this debate, is that you consider Kirk Cousins, you'll find out this season and the following season what you have, and if you don't want to re-sign him, presumably at a rate that is more favorable against the total salary cap, that you would move on and then use your first-round pick on a quarterback. But isn't that such a, a long game that you're looking at here? Like, are you just going to start over with whatever first round pick after you decide to move on from Kirk Cousins? And, and B, how sure are you that that person's going to be better? Um, so you bring me to an important point here. Okay. Which would be, do you think that either one of these quarterbacks can win the Super Bowl this year? Yes. Well, you, both of them? I, yes. Yes. <laughs> I, I definitely think that Aaron Rodgers can win the Super Bowl. Uh, I think that it is fair to point out that his statistics have certainly decreased in recent years. His 7.4 average yards per attempt last season was not very good. Um, but he, it, look, we're not that far removed from 2016 and a great season from him. He avoids interceptions. He avoids uh, putting his team in into- a bad way, though. In a bad way, he avoids interceptions. He had the most throwaways last year. I double anybody else and took all those sacks. It's kind of like how people used to argue that Tyrod Taylor was good, which was hilarious because I covered him in Buffalo and he wasn't at all. But they'd be like, he never, yeah, Tyrod, sorry. (laughs) He was Tyrod for the entire time and then they changed it after I left. Um, no correlation, I don't think. But with the same thing with Tyrod, where they'd be like, he's the lowest interception percentage ever. Like, well, if you never throw the ball and you take sacks, uh, Tyrod took 42 and 46 sacks in uh, 2016 and, and 17. Anyway, so uh, sorry to interrupt your point. Aaron Rodgers threw it, two interceptions last season. I know. Two. It wasn't good. Point like, to just three wasn't really intercept- good. Yeah, but I would rather the quarterback throw the ball away when nothing is there than, than try to force it into a bad situation, throw a pick six. I think the Vikings fans can recall a few pick sixes in recent <laughs> memory that perhaps... Yes. Uh, killed the momentum of a game. I'm thinking specifically uh, against the Saints last season when you know things seemed to be going the right way for them, and then a pick six uh, halts things in a dramatic fashion. So I do think that, I, I mean, I can't believe, I feel like this is 
providing a hot take now with everything that we've said, but I was going to say, I do think Aaron Rodgers can win a Super Bowl. Do you not think that Aaron mm. Rodgers is a potential Super Bowl winner this season? Uh, I think if he plays like he has the last four years, then his team will have to be a lot better than they are on offense for that to actually happen. That he would sort of... He's not Peyton Manning for Denver, but he would sort of need a lot of the same things. He would need their running game to be really good. He would need their defense to be really good. These are not things that we said about Aaron Rodgers before. Before we said... Oh, well, I mean, anytime you've just got 53 players on a roster, Aaron Rodgers could take you to the Super Bowl. And that was true because he was playing at such an incredible level. What the crux of the point is not whether Aaron Rodgers is more talented than Kirk Cousins. There's no question about that, that of course he is. Aaron Rodgers has top five arm talent in history and the prime of his career matches up or is better than anyone who has ever played. And there's probably a lot of that that's still there, but he also has gone through a lot with his body and he He's routinely been playing with this injury, playing with that injury, missed time because of injuries, trying to come back from this or that or the other thing. Last year when we saw him in Lambeau, he could barely run, right? And yet they still tried some sort right. of uh, wildcat-type style where he snapped And still had a decent game, even on <laughs> one leg. He did. Uh, so I suppose to counterpoint, uh, 2017, not a great season, but an injury-riddled season, was battling injuries the whole time. Uh you know his his numbers were not that great, but, but he but only played seven games. Him though, right? Like, isn't that a negative toward which one you would take? Is that Rodgers keeps getting hurt all the time because he holds onto the ball for, or that Rodgers playing through injury is still as good as Kirk Cousins? Do you expect though that a guy who has been playing through injury so often? At age 36, 37, 38, 39, and 40, which is the whole time that you have him, will not have that problem again. I mean, this is... Yeah, that that's fair. And so it's not necessarily the point that I would take Rodgers uh, over Cousins based on pure talent, because that is preposterous. He Rodgers is way more talented. However, if you haven't played any better on paper in four years... Than, Aaron, or than Kirk Cousins has. And I can get out from under Kirk Cousins if I decide he isn't worth it. This year, at the end of this year, the Minnesota Vikings could look at the draft and say, you know what, we're going to trade up for Justin Herbert or something. And they could draft sure. a quarterback, play one more year with Cousins, and be on to the next guy and go forward with a rookie quarterback contract and all the money to spend on stars. The Green Bay Packers are hogtied with this contract for a long time for quarterback play over the last couple of years that hasn't been good enough to justify it. So I look at Green Bay as being in one of the toughest positions in the entire NFL unless this guy turns back the clock. But now we're looking at it like you've got to turn back the clock to like 2016. Yeah, in order late to be good. 2016. And I think it's a little far. I mean, it's 2019. His ceiling is so dramatically higher than Kirk Cousins is. Perhaps his floor when he is hobbled on one leg trying to do too many things. Maybe that's below Kirk Cousins. I, I still have a hard time seeing that. But 2016, that's that was the season that started very poorly for the Packers. Um, they they ended up winning the NFC North title. They started four and five. After that, in games in which the Packers went six and one, Aaron Rodgers eight point three yards per attempt, eighteen touchdowns. Zero interceptions over those final seven games. He at least has shown in recent seasons that he can get to that level that 
Kirk Cousins, no matter what happens around him, no matter who you surround him with or what offense he's in, Kirk Cousins cannot get to that level. Um, and that's why, even though Kirk Cousins' contract is fav- more favorable and you can get out of it earlier, I think you got to trust the quarterback who can get to a ceiling that the other guy just cannot get to. So the fundamental question might be, do you think that Aaron Rodgers' team, that they're building around him, which is pretty good this year on the defensive side. Yeah, better this year, yeah. But still not so much on the offensive side. I mean, you're talking about Devontae Adams and a bunch and of people. Luck. Right? Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and Dave, a good Dave left Bakhtiari, tackle. Right? Yep. And, and he's got some back issues, and their running back is talented, but I'm not sure if he's Fine. like a carry-the-franchise type of guy. But do you believe that you can still put enough around Aaron Rodgers if he's never going to be the 2014 version again to actually win a Super Bowl? Because if you don't... 100% believe that he will win a Super Bowl during this contract, which is harder and harder as we go sure. o- older in his career, then it's absolutely Kirk Cousins. And I tend to agree with you when you talk about Kirk Cousins having uh, the potential to win a Super Bowl with the team that's around him. And we just saw what this defense does to people at home. Uh, imagine if the Vikings win the division and they have home playoff games. They'll be a favorite to go to the Super Bowl because of U.S. Bank Stadium. And with the numbers that Cousins has put up and his skill set, I mean, it definitely doesn't go under impossible. It it goes under, he's not Brady where you assume it, or Breeze, but is he Jared Goff? Like, probably. I mean, he's definitely in that ballpark. And even if you look at, like, I don't know if you like this stat, but QBR, ESPN's QBR. Yeah. It attempts to weigh the game situation. Zero to 100. How someone performed in factoring, is it the fourth quarter, is it the first quarter, did you step up in big moments? There are problems with it, but it can also tell you some stuff. Last year, Cousins is 14th, Aaron Rodgers is 16th, like right next to each other. I mean, it's it's like when has Rodgers recently shown that he has so much better of potential to win the Super Bowl than Kirk Cousins does when we're sort of saying a lot of the same things about Kirk Cousins, like, well, he's going to need all these weapons. He's going to need everyone to stay healthy. He's going to need an elite defense. After watching week one of Aaron Rodgers get sacked five times and struggle to operate the offense, but make against, a few big plays. In Chicago against a very good defense. But you have to beat good defenses if you're actually going to win something. <laughs> uh, I mean, even their, even their recent highest, both in 2016, Rodgers and Cousins in QBR. Rodgers was fourth, Cousins was sixth. I mean, I don't think it's crazy to say that the current version of Aaron Rodgers always has the potential to flip a switch and do something crazy that Kirk Cousins does not. But at the same time that they have a lot of issues still and the pocket presence for Cousins, the lack of mobility, but the sacks that Aaron Rodgers takes his refusal to get along with people is also a problem too. Cause you could say, well, I wouldn't say Kirk leader. cousins is a shining example of, but that's what I mean. We have the same problems here. <laughs> when you take away the Aaron Rodgers, who can throw it 45 yards down the field on a dime, which we have not seen in quite a while, that Aaron Rodgers, who's rolling out, run all over the place, making these off balance throws. Haven't seen that in a while when that's not there. That takes him to that all time level. He's very similar to Kirk Cousins. Sure, though. I well, I'm not even going to say sure to that. But one thing that you brought up there is he's not exactly surrounded by a great offense right now. And when you say could you build a Super Bowl team around him, I think if you put him on the Vikings, they're a Super Bowl favorite. They're at least favorites in the NFC. If he 
If Aaron Rodgers has Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen to throw to, if he's got a decent running game with a guy like Dalvin Cook, I think that's a, a hell of an offense. But you wouldn't say that now about this Vikings offense, that they have the potential to be a top 10, top 15? Top 15 for sure. I think that they can get sort of itching toward the top 10, but it's still going to be a team you know that needs a top five defense married with a close to top 10 offense. Uh, and I think that Aaron Rodgers definitely gets you there, and Kirk Cousins maybe does. Yeah, I think it's it's sort of like two different conversations because in in one way, if you said, look, you have to pick a quarterback between these two with your um, entire life savings on the, on the line, which at The Athletic is a lot, okay? <laughs> so you have all of your money in the bank. It is Friday, a wonderful day. And... It, either Kirk or Aaron is winning you this game. You don't know any other information. It's just you have to pick one of the two. There's no yeah, question of course, right. who you pick. It's like, Aaron, save me my money, please. Thank you. <laughs> but let's say you're one of the 10,000 owners of the Green Bay Packers, uh, but you're you're buying a team. You're buying a team. The Vikings and the Packers are for sale, and you have $2 billion, so you're John Krasinski. Yep. And you're like, all right, so uh, which one am I going to pick? And I know that here's the quarterback situation, and that ultimately determines where your franchise goes. We see that with Cam Newton. They have a pretty decent roster, and Cam Newton falls apart, and the team's bad, and uh, their coach will get fired. That's how it always goes. I don't know if I'm picking old Aaron Rodgers with a massive cap hit that's even worse than what Kirk Cousins is. And we even see the ramifications of Cousins' contract here. The lack of depth in the secondary. I've gotten a bunch of tweets about Minka Fitzpatrick. Right. Would you trade for Minka Fitzpatrick? Well, sure, if I could to, yeah. create cap room out of magic, but I can't because of Kirk Cousins' contract in part. So, you know, I think... Uh, with this conversation, the fact that I can get out from under Cousins if I decide that he can't win with this really good roster around him, that makes me think, yeah, I'd probably rather do that for the long-term state of the franchise. That, that's the biggest part because even though you know, I, I think that I still think that Aaron Rodgers is well ahead of Kirk Cousins, but even if we're going to go off of the numbers that have them pretty close with maybe a slight edge to Aaron Rodgers. What is Aaron Rodgers going to look like in 2022 when the Packers presumably cannot get out of that part of the deal? Or if they do, it will be a a heck of a price tag. It's more likely 2023 that they can get out of that. That is when I'm not convinced that Aaron Rodgers is going to be great. But I would rather have the quarterback who gives me the best chance to win a Super Bowl, even if that means in 2022 we're not going to be great. And so I'll take Aaron Rodgers because I think he gives me a better chance this season and next season than Kirk Cousins would. Unfortunately, though, in the in our present situation, you have to take Aaron and Marquez Valdez Scantling <laughs> and Jay Sternberger, who's hurt, and Equinemius St. Brown, who's hurt. Like it, This isn't the bubble situation of... This guy's better than that guy. So we take the guy who's better. It's You also have to take everything that goes along with him. You have to take that basically entire situation. Both teams have good defenses. One team has way better weapons. It's not close. One team has a good left tackle who you would absolutely take in Bakhtiari. The rest of the lines are probably comparable. Yeah. The, the Bears just demolished the rest of their line. So I wouldn't look at that and say, oh, yeah, definitely want that line over the Vikings. So if you're taking the actual real-life situations, Vikings quarterback situation, Packers quarterback situation, I lean toward the Vikings quarterback situation. Fine, but 
It's easy to but say this now until Bowl, 2021 comes here and the Vikings draft another Christian Ponder and oh, Aaron Rodgers is still You're not even from Minnesota. average you can't to above say that. average, then this could all come back. and It's it's always nice on the other side of the hill. The grass is always greener as you look at Tua or Lawrence or whoever else that may be coming out in 20-whatever year. Uh, but I'll take the sure thing just about every time. That was an extreme Minnesotan statement right there. I mean, the, uh, the bringing up Christian Ponder. Yes. I mean, saying like, yeah, they could get a rookie, but he'll definitely fail. I mean, or he could be Mahomes or he could be Watson who just entirely changes your franchise or Carson Wentz that allows you to spend all your money around him and is great. Um, so, you know, I, I think when you break it down from that standpoint and assume that, Quarterbacks coming out of college are a little more reliable now than they were in the past. And even Mitch Trubisky took his team to a division title last year. He stinks, but he took uh, yeah, it. He, he even did that. That's the point about like modern quarterbacks versus even five, seven, ten years ago in drafting them is you don't see too often them just completely implode. Like they're better prepared now. But either way, like saying, I don't want a top quarterback, he'll be a bust. Like, well, <laughs> if Cousins proves that he can't do it this year, they're gonna move on, right? Yes, but just to me, the fact that this is actually a conversation that isn't the craziest thing you've ever heard is striking, I think, for at least the way things are trending with Green Bay. I do think it's noteworthy that Aaron Rodgers has, by a lot of, you know, sort of the advanced metrics, been average to above average the last three seasons, 2016 better than 17 and 18. Um, but he's, he's a long way removed from 2011 when he was the best mm-hmm. player on the planet. All right, let's take a quick break here, and I will respond to everyone on Twitter who is concerned that my diet Dr. <laughs> Pepper was spiked or something. But uh, I think there, I think there's just an interesting case there that I they're about even in my mind and in Vegas's mind to win the Super Bowl this year. So if even Vegas, the objective observer who gets these things right more than I do, is saying that these two teams have the same shot, then I would take the quarterback who has the same shot, according to them. And I can get out from under him if I decide after this year that it's not good enough. All right, let's uh, take a break. We'll come back, talk a little bit more in depth about this matchup and how you're seeing this new Green Bay defense. And then at the end of the show, it's Friday the 13th. So let's talk about the most cursed possible way that the Vikings could lose. Like, because why not, right? So we'll be right back. Chad Graff of The Athletics sitting in here for the first hour. Judd Zolgat in the second on Purple Daily. North Memorial Health has over 400 care providers. That's right, more than 400 care providers and more than 6,000 team members that are dedicated to keeping you healthy. North Memorial Health is proud to partner with the Minnesota Vikings as they work to make Minnesota the healthiest in the league. They're more than a team at North Memorial Health. They're your family. At North Memorial Health, customers are treated like family. Your health family is more than a tagline. It's a commitment to delivering unmatched customer service. That means a big smile when you walk in the door. That means making sure your visit is as pleasant as possible. It means asking, what else can we do for you? North Memorial Health will treat you like family in a good way. The people at North Memorial Health will team up with you to help you achieve your best health. So step up your health care game today and find your health family at northmemorial.com slash family. Once again, that's northmemorial.com slash family. The Score North Fall Auction is underway with great items up for grabs on home improvement, travel, heating and cooling, and much more. To view all the items and place your bid, visit scorenorth.com keyword auction. 
They're, they're playing with a lot of confidence right now. Um, they're able to get to the uh, passer right now. They're, they're tough against the run. And they got guys in the back end that have experience and uh, even the young guys that are, are playing at a high level right now. So um, it's going to be a good challenge for us. Obviously, they only gave up three points last week. So And, and that's, a, that's a good Bears offense. So we have our work cut out for us and we're preparing to you know try to uh, give them our best effort. A very close friend of Aaron Rodgers is there, uh, Adam Thielen. Matthew Collar and Chad Graff back here on Purple Daily. And um, no Twitter, I did not lose my mind. They have (laughs) contracts. This matters. Someone said, are you the highest person in America? (laughs) Like, no, they have contracts. And they also have recent performances that look just like each other. I mean, I feel like Zoolander. Like, am I the only one who notices this? It is. It is noteworthy that like Aaron Rodgers, maybe more than any other player, is one of the few that could just skate by criticism despite the seasons that he's had, which have been, you know, good, fine, yeah. a little above average, maybe. Just, I mean, yes, above average. However, I, I, the I would fact take that him over Nathan Peterman, I, like, well, <laughs> he's below average. I, I think that the. The fact that Minnesota Vikings fans are with me on this one, I think you chalk that up as a win. Minnesota Vikings fans are picking their rival situation. You know what's weird is even Rodgers' like pro football focus grades, which don't take off for the sacks, so just the throws. Of course he's a great thrower. But even two of the last four years, 2015, 2017, even their grading system was not super impressed with Aaron Rodgers' throwing the way that what it was used it? to be. It was in 2017, it was 74.9. And in 2015, it was 73.9. And those are numbers that are not even as good as Cousins. Now, his numbers were decent last year for throwing, but of course, he only threw when people were open uh, and didn't take too many risks. But Cousins, 79 and 78. So, I mean, his last, actually, Cousins' last four years, not that far behind Aaron Rodgers in terms of just even throwing. And, that, and that's where they become a similar player when Rodgers is getting sacked all the time. That it's some big-time throws, and we, we've seen Kirk do it. I mean, sometimes people, and maybe this is partly my fault, but like sometimes people in my Twitter will act like Kirk Cousins is just inept and cannot do anything. And he has the yards, he's got the throws, he's got the accuracy. Like, okay, the guy is a... <laughs> Good NFL quarterback, all right? I like that you preface that with some of this might it be might my be fault. It might be my fault. I know. It might be my fault. As I'm just comparing and contrasting one last time, Aaron Rodgers and Kirk Cousins on Pro Football Reference, I noticed that Aaron Rodgers led three game-winning drives last season. Perhaps you'll recall, Kirk Cousins <laughs> led zero game-winning drives last season. See, now, now we've got, this is, now we've like reached the, uh, the, you've gone too far. Like you, <laughs> if you've reached this point, turn back and stop doing this. Cause in 2017, Cousins led the league in game-winning drives. So, you know, uh, there's like, now we are so you far like that. down. We are so far down the statistical rabbit hole. But doesn't that tell you the, exactly the impetus of the conversation is if you've got to get into like, well, those poor football focus passing grades a little bit better. It's like, wait a minute, what are we even saying? Yes, but everybody knows the ceiling of one is dramatically different than the ceiling of others. Yeah, it was. But I'm not sure if it will be again. And, and that All would right. be the bet that you're making. Yes. Is that you would have to be strongly making a very risky bet that a guy going from age 36 to 40 is going to find his form from literally three years ago. 
I, I bet that that has a better chance of a Super Bowl than Kirk Cousins for two years and whatever your plan is after that. Okay, well, you can people can continue to tweet me on this one and say that I'm nuts, but you can't look at these things in a vacuum of just playing one game or who has more talent or who has more arm talent or whatever. You have to look at the entire picture, the entire situation, and I think the Vikings are not in a terrible spot mm-hmm. uh, because of the short nature of Kirk Cousins' contract, and even the day that he signed it, it's like three years, huh? That's it. Yeah, I'll say this. It's not your craziest take that you've ever come up with, and uh, if you had told me that two years craziest? ago, uh, I think I would have been floored that it was at least a discussion that could be had over which contract you would rather have Aaron Rodgers or Kirk Cousins. And I never would have thought uh, to bring it up last year or the year before. Only this year, after seeing this whole uh, scenario play out with McCarthy getting fired, which probably has as much to do with McCarthy as it does Aaron Rodgers not living up to what he was before, and the status of their offense, the people who are playing for their offense. Now, I haven't heard of most of them. <laughs> I mean, this Devontae Adams very good. Very good, yep. And Aaron Jones might have some talent, Pretty good, but he's yep. not special. He's not Delvin Cook. So if you can only, I mean, the, the Vikings found ways to afford to keep Thielen and Diggs, and maybe they'll find a way to keep Delvin Cook. I don't know how that's going to play out, but even Kyle Rudolph. The weapons that they've been able to keep around Kirk Cousins and build around Kirk Cousins are pretty good. Green Bay has not been able to do that same thing, and I don't know where they're getting the money to do it otherwise. And especially since they've poured a lot into their defense, they look a lot like the Vikings mm-hmm. right now. These are two teams that are Spider-Man meme. Which basically. is so, so strange considering where the Packers' defense has been in recent years. And perhaps I'm not ready to say that they are up there with one of the best defenses in the NFL yet. Yes, they looked great in the opener. Yes, they improved their pieces and spent a lot of their draft picks in recent years on the defense. I want to see it for more than one game before I say that the Packers are are a great defensive team. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, I have covered uh, Mike Pettin a little bit when he was in Buffalo and had a lot of talent, and I thought he was really good at this. So I wouldn't be surprised if him as a defensive coordinator brings their level up. And what they did in the offseason was absolutely tremendous. I mean, Zadarius Smith is a monster. And Mike Zimmer talked as much length as he ever wants to about an, an opposing team's <laughs> defensive player, um, but just about all the different things that he does well. So I think their defense is good and can give the Vikings some serious problems here, which leads us to the injury, <clears throat> excuse me, the injury report, uh, which is Pat Elfline is questionable. Mackenzie Alexander out. Mike Hughes doubtful. Mark Fields is on the team <laughs> and Ben Gideon is questionable. Uh, Elfline, if he's out, I mean, are they better if he's out? They're definitely not worse. And the Vikings are in a situation where they have not been in recent years where they can afford to lose a lineman, an offensive lineman, and you think, huh, maybe maybe this guy coming in is actually pretty good. Maybe this guy can take a step, which outside of Brian O'Neill last season is not something that I think that you could have said in recent years. And the crazy thing is, I think the Vikings have options to replace Pat Elfline. They could go with Dakota Dozier, who is the veteran. Uh, he played left tackle for them in the preseason when, um, you know, the Vikings had some tackle injuries with O'Neill out. Uh, so I think that Dakota Dozier would fill in admirably. They also, though, have Brett Jones, who was their highest graded offensive lineman in the preseason. Now, you could perhaps discount that by saying he was only going up against second teamers and it is just the preseason, both of which are very valid cases. 
Uh, and frankly, I don't think that they would do that because I, I think that, you know, they want to have a true backup center for mm-hmm. in case Garrett Bradbury got hurt, especially with Elfline, the other guy with center experience already being hurt. But I think that you could see potentially Dakota Dozier or whomever else coming in and, you know, if they play well, not giving up that left guard spot. I could definitely see that. Brett Jones' small sample size numbers on Pro Football Focus give him a lot of credit as a pass blocker and very little as a run blocker. And that's exactly what we saw when he played last year, where him and his squatty body, as Mike Zimmer squatty called him, uh, but he just seems to like lock it down when it comes to pass protection. And in the run, he can't really move fast enough to be a great run blocker. And if they're choosing Elfline to play that position over Brett Jones because he's a better run blocker, that's just an erroneous way to do this. Like, I know they won last week with the running, but you need to focus on whoever can pass block the best. Even if you want to establish the run and and be good in that area, Delvin Cook is special enough to make up for some of that. Kirk Cousins is not good enough in the pocket to make up for issues with pass protection. And in the middle of that uh, offensive line, they got smoked by the Falcons. I mean, they were lucky as hell that he only had to throw 10 passes because if he threw 25, he might have been coming off the field injured in that game because Atlanta just shredded them. After I looked at the game tape, I'm sure you did too, it was like, oh my, I didn't even realize this. This was really bad. And Kenny Clark is a lot better than whoever was going, whoever, you know, the Falcons had. So uh, I think that that is, you know, a big area to watch. But also, I think that the bigger issue when you look at the injury report, is the area that Mike Zimmer has been concerned about really since the start of training camp. And that is, believe it or not, despite all of the draft picks that they've used on this position in recent years, cornerback. Mackenzie Alexander out for the game. Mike Hughes probably not going to play. In that case, especially with Mark Fields, like uh, just a guy kind of, but if he's out to it, you're relying in some instances even with the fact that we've acknowledged that the Packers don't have great wide receiver depth and there mm-hmm. are not a ton of positions offensively that really scare you outside of Adams, uh, you're going to have like Chris Boyd in a meaningful game at Lambeau Field, which is something I would very much be worried about if I were a Viking fan. And step on up Nate Meters. Who? Guy? Uh, yeah, he actually okay. did have a pick six in the first preseason game. So, I mean, good for him. Like, uh, glad you're... Here, good luck, friend. I never met you. <laughs> I mean, right? Like, there are probably, I was thinking about this in the locker room today. So, Fridays in the Vikings locker room are one of the most populated days. Lots of players are there. They serve lunch there, which is frankly why it's so populated. But I was thinking about the cornerbacks and how few of them I have either A, even heard their voice, or B, have talked to fewer than two times. Trey Waynes doesn't talk to the media. Mm-hmm. Nate Meters, uh, a guy. Mark Fields, uh, another guy. Couldn't that pick him out of a lineup. <laughs> maybe I've heard, maybe I haven't. These Chris 10 Boyd, people are cornerbacks. Which one's Mark Fields? Two Good ones. <laughs> so, it just dawned on me as I was thinking about the cornerbacks. Like Xavier Rhodes, yeah, okay, know him, heard him talk. Uh, uh, Mike Hughes yeah. was here, but... I don't know, four games, yeah. not really. Mackenzie Alexander doesn't really talk to us. Trey Waynes doesn't talk to us. I at least know us. what Mike Hughes looks like. Yeah. <laughs> in a brace, pretty it, much. But that really tells the story of how dinged up they are in the secondary. So that could be a problem. Anything else on this um, injury report that is problematic for the Vikings in your mind? Uh, I don't necessarily think... It's interesting, at least, that Ben Gedeon is on here after you know not showing up on the injury report 
Wednesday or Thursday. To me, the other part that is interesting about the injury report is that David Bakhtiari, the guy, the left tackle for the Packers, whom Everson Griffin had a few very funny ones uh, this week about him, but also conceded, yes, he is a top three left tackle in the NFL, even though Everson Griffin had a lot of fun with pointing out uh, that he gets away with holding a lot, at least in Everson's mind. If he is out, I do think that that is a spot where uh, the Vikings can really take advantage of um, Daniil Hunter and Everson Griffin coming around the ends. Uh, obviously, we know that that is a strength of the Vikings. If Bakhtiari is out, um, I think that bodes very well for the Vikings. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. But I think he'll play. He's he's going to be out there if he was at least limited in practice. Usually with someone who's a veteran like that, questionable means you're playing. More, yep. more he only missed not. Thursday's practice and was limited Wednesday and Friday. So there's one th- good thing on this uh, injury report, which is Stefan Diggs is not on it, and he was limited by the hamstring last week, but they never had to throw the ball, really. And when they <laughs> did, he caught a 31-yard pass yeah. and looked totally fine running across the field. Um, but the Josh Doxson thing is disappointing from the perspective that they, they got us again, Chad. It's like so many times we get got where oh, we're like the number of times oh, that we've talked about George Iloka. <laughs> this dude's gonna play like three safety sets. It's gonna be unreal. The, the airtime and words that we have wasted on players who ended up not doing anything or not mattering or Michael not Floyd. making the team. Tremaine Brock, uh, Kyle Swoter. Um, well, preseason that always happens, though. Like, so, that's why we do Mr. Mankato. Is everybody you at least were smart enough not to go down the rabbit hole of backup quarterback because it probably doesn't matter anyway. Because yeah, he was if, trash last year, so I figured he gets be hurt good this time. Whatever. Yeah. Um. But I, I you know, Josh Doxson's so funny because I actually thought, you know. He isn't just a first-round pick, which I think too often GM's like, oh, first-round pick, have mm-hmm. to give him another chance. But he actually did test well, like unlike Laquan Treadwell, who did not, and you know the Vikings blamed that on coming back from his injury, but perhaps that was just his testing numbers. Uh, Josh Doxson actually did test well and actually did have signs of promise, yep. um, way more so than Laquan Treadwell, even though their careers effectively you know, ended in similar spots or are currently in similar spots. Although Treadwell um, does not have a gig yet, which tells you a lot. Yes. And just the fact that if we can go back to preseason and all the reports of Vikings trying to find trade partner for Laquan Treadwell. Oh, he like signs him as yes, a free agent. Duh. Everybody knew that. Like, right. there's a reason that nobody's giving up the very last pick in the entire draft for him. Um, I mean, you could draft a long snapper with that pick. Why would you <laughs> give it to uh, Laquan Treadwell? Uh, but Doxon, I think there was good reason to think that he was a good pickup. And you looked at his numbers playing with Kirk Cousins, and they're just astronomically better than Laquan Treadwell's. It's it, that tells you everything about yes. Laquan Treadwell and how bad it was that. Both of these players are first-round busts who are cut, and one player is way better, not even close. And had interest from multiple teams, ended up with the Vikings, right. Right. and the other is at home. I don't know. Yeah, Training I'm not sure or... what he's doing. Uh, he's getting paid for this year, though, so good for him there, on that. There are worse gigs, for sure. Um, it, it, I do love this matchup, though, just in terms of, not to get too football-y, but the route running that takes place in this game. Don't ever game. say that again. 
<laughs> between Stefan Diggs, Adam Thielen, Devontae Adams, three of the best route runners in yeah. the NFL. Uh, we saw some of Stefan Diggs, one of Stefan Diggs' maybe best routes of his entire career came at Lambeau last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's a fun matchup. Like, I love the game in general because it's at Lambeau, it's Vikings Packers. But beyond that, the. It's just a fun matchup to watch when you have three wide receivers that are as good at their craft as those three are. Talking with Chad Graff of The Athletic here for the first hour. Judd Zolgad will be in, and we're going to have to play the Law & Order game because I have some accusations against the National Football League after last night. So we'll do that at 3 o'clock. When we come back, it is a spooky Friday the 13th. Let's talk about cursed things that could come up. Uh, We will do that and also find out whether Chad thinks the Vikings will win in Lambeau. We will return here shortly on Purple Daily on Score North. Football fans, it's Mackie here for Federated Insurance. You might not know this about me, but I've been a business owner a couple different times in my life. I can relate to the roller coaster ride, the never-ending sea of problems to solve, the exhilaration of those incremental wins. If you're a business owner, I recommend getting to know Federated, which has over a century of experience in protecting businesses and making them as successful as they can be. You want a company like Federated standing behind your business. Visit federatedinsurance.com to find your local representative. Federated Mutual Insurance Company. It's our our business to protect yours. Time for the Score North download. Something you can download from us. It's been 10 years since we all went on a bit of a ride with Brett Favre on the way to an NFC championship game. And we're doing a deep dive into every aspect of that 2009 Viking season. You can join Sage Rosenfels, Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad, and Ryan Longwell on Minnesota Sports Rewind. The 2009 Vikings edition on demand anywhere you find your favorite podcast. Or you can just go to scorenorth.com and click on Shows. That's Minnesota Sports Rewind. That's been your Score North download. Now back to Purple Daily. I think from a fan, it's it's you know more of that intense rivalry than it is as a player. Because as a player, every game is tough. Every game is a huge game. So um, we aren't changing the way we prepare. We are not changing anything that we're doing. Yes, it's the Green Bay Packers, and we want to beat them. But just like the other 16 uh, teams on our uh, schedule that we're going to play against. So um, I think it's more of when I was a fan, it was more intense as far as uh, we got to beat these guys. But as a player, it's like, you know, it's it's a big game. Yeah, but it's whoever we're playing that week is a big game. All right, back here for one more segment with Chad Graff of The Athletic. Chad, you're a podcaster now. Congratulations. Oh, my God. Who <laughs> I, I, I did not envision That's this. That's not a good start to like promoting the podcast. What I meant, <clears throat> <clears throat> what I meant to say was, mm-hmm. check out the Straight Cash podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's a great show. Please rate and review. Is that better? <laughs> you're on it. I mean, you <laughs> You would think you would, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I meant, more, uh, a little more yeah. into that. It's, um, it's really interesting. Well, actually, I will say. You'll never be the sham wow guy, I guess. No. Last episode, we had John Krasinski on who told the story of being firsthand on site when Randy Moss said straight cash home. Oh, nice. And it is an amazing story to hear from those people about waiting outside for Randy to come out. The comments that Randy made mm-hmm. afterward that uh, do not have the same notoriety, though they probably should have even more notoriety, mm-hmm. saying that he was going to swing other things around <laughs> and was not going to uh, just suddenly be a choir boy. It, it is interesting 
to revisit Randy Moss of, of that day. Uh, yeah, he is a guy who has revamped his image to say the least uh, <laughs> now that he's on television. So the straight cast amazing what that does is yours on the athletic. Uh, all right, well, uh, let's talk about some cursed ways that uh, the Vikings could lose this game. Because this franchise? Friday, I know. It's Friday the 13th, and it's so appropriate. And I remember talking about this at some point, maybe it was another Friday the 13th, about curses and how with the Vikings, everything that has happened to them is just so incredibly improbable. And that's where I will say, yeah, curses exist when you cannot possibly explain it mathematically through science of modern man. (laughs) Like, there's just no way. When a guy has made every field goal and you're in your own building on turf, right? Was it It was a home game? Uh, Yeah, There have been so many I'm struggling to. So, like, 27 yards away your field goal is, again at home. I mean, all these things that have happened to this franchise that just go against logic completely. And one of those was a tie last year with, like, five missed (laughs) field goals in the game. And amazingly, I would say the game of the year last year. Like, not from a standpoint entertainment of... Entertainment-wise? Yeah. yeah, just entertainment-wise. Yeah. 22-7, to seven, comeback, the throw Comebacks from Comebacks both ways. Thielen. You know, the Vikings suddenly look great in the second half. Kirk Cousins, you know, it feels like at the time is going to break out, has the deep throw to Diggs. Uh, then there's the Clay Matthews hit out of time when everybody in the NFL is like, this is way out of control. Yes, this game yes. is doomed. People are going to stop watching the NFL because mm-hmm. of these hits. Uh, here we are, of course, with high ratings and that not a problem. But nonetheless, a very interesting game last season. Okay, so tell me the spookiest thing that could happen. (laughs) I have a few ideas, and I'm trying to avoid a scenario for this spooky idea in which the Vikings miss three field goals, including one with time running off the clock in overtime. All that would happen last season. Instead, that's the obvious answer. Yes, I thought of a few others. Uh, one in which I, I really wish that I had Josh Doxson for this scenario, but I don't, so I'll say Chad Beebe. Sorry, Chad Beebe. But Chad Beebe's lined up in the slot, left to Kirk Cousins. Snap goes back to Kirk Cousins. It's overtime, tie game. I can't even remember this scenario. Maybe, maybe the Vikings are just driving. Throws to Beebe off the hands, intercepted after oh, trying yes, to force yes. it there way like, too like many times, Treadwell. much like Treadwell yes. last season. It would really work out better with Doxon, but I did not have that. Uh, another option, as we're thinking about spooky ways that the Vikings could lose, we brought up Clay Matthews's hit and penalty that yes. gave the Vikings life last season. What if the Packers are, say, going for it on fourth down, Anthony Barr comes off the edge. There's no Bakhtiar. He flies right by whoever the backup left tackle is for the Packers. Anthony Barr, he of uh, infamy in Green Bay for the hit on Aaron Rodgers two years ago that broke his collarbone, smokes Aaron Rodgers. Game seems to be over. Then, like Clay Matthews last season, they throw a flag. Throw the flag. Barr gets penalized. The drive marches on. The Packers win it. Okay, that's good. The first thing I thought of was... They hurt Aaron Rodgers again, and everyone's like, oh my gosh, the Packers season is over, and the Vikings are going to easily win this game and everything else. And Tim Boyle, who is the backup quarterback. <laughs> I was just typing in <laughs> yep. Packers depth chart. I have it ready. I wanted to check to make sure it was actually Tim Boyle, and it is. Tim Boyle comes out. Can you hang on before we get there? Can you tell me one fact about Tim Boyle? No, okay. no. It, uh, it rhymes with Royal. <laughs> 
I honestly know nothing about Tim Boyle. I don't know where he went to college. I've never heard of this guy, but he won Eastern Kentucky. Okay. Tim Boyle. I know. I'm very sorry, everyone. I missed Tim Boyle at Eastern <laughs> Kentucky, and I apologize. Um, but yeah, Tim Boyle coming into the game and throwing <laughs> darts when you should have beat Aaron Rodgers, uh, or when you it should have been Aaron Rodgers, would be, I think, uh, funny, spooky. And penalties, definitely. After watching what happened last night, or... How about a touchdown like what happened in Carolina in 2017? Yep. Adam Thielen catches the touchdown. They review it. That could definitely <laughs> take place. Uh, Chad, appreciate you coming in, man. Who do you think uh, is going to win this sports contest? I have Packers 21, Vikings 20. Oh, oh, look at this. I, I, I think it'll be a close game. I think it's right there for the Vikings to win, but uh, I... Can't believe I'm saying this or feel to feel compelled to say this. I have Aaron Rodgers as a much better quarterback than Kirk Cousins, <laughs> and I will take him at home against Kirk Cousins. Uh, f- fair enough. Kirk Cousins, um, or I'm sorry, Aaron Rodgers has not really played well against the Vikings in a while since the final game of 2017. Maybe Tim Boyle's so, coming in Tim, then. I say turn to Tim Boyle. Packers.com <laughs> biography of Tim Boyle listed as a game Saw day that. inactive. That's it. That's all it says. <laughs> Well, he'll be active this time because he's their only backup quarterback. Um, all right. Well, I don't know. Uh, I think I will pick the Vikings in this one. I think they have a slightly better team. And Zimmer, just in recent years, has sort of solved Aaron Rodgers, which definitely jinxes it, I'm sure. <laughs> but uh, I'm I'm seeing a similarly close and lower scoring game. And I think that uh, with the way the Vikings defense is playing, that they can come out just a little bit edge on top. And I'm sure Packers fans won't remind you of this last hour of conversation if Aaron (laughs) Rodgers throws four touchdown passes and destroys the Vikings. I got the uh, cocaine is a hell of a drug. But look, (laughs) contracts matter, okay? Contracts matter. So do three years of football, all right? If his name wasn't Aaron Rodgers and we just laid all this stuff out on paper and said, here are two quarterbacks, quarterback A, quarterback B, then you would say, well, those guys are pretty similar, and one has a much worse contract, much longer, so I'm going to pick the other guy. Anyway, I win. Uh, let's, uh, <laughs> if he wins a Super Bowl, then it'll be very problematic. But that, but that was, anyway, all right, we got to take anyway. a break. So, Chad, great job. Thanks for coming Thanks in. Thanks for having Straight me. Straight Cash Podcast, and plus all of his work covering the Vikings on a daily basis at The Athletic. Zolgad comes in next, and I've got accusations to throw all over the place in the NFL. And so we'll do a little law and order when we return. Uh, Here you listen to Purple Daily on Score North. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's Purple Daily. Okay, back here on Purple Daily. Appreciate Chad Graff spending the hour talking about how Aaron Rodgers is washed and how I would take Kirk Cousins over him. Well, uh, so it's a very convoluted (laughs) argument. It's not I would take Kirk Cousins like tomorrow in a game to save my life, one or the other. It's one guy hasn't been that much better than the other guy over the last four years. Somebody let me know all the winning Aaron Rodgers has done the last four years. If I'm missing it, then tell me. But I haven't seen it, 
and his record is the same. His quarterback rating is the same. He doesn't uh, have unbelievable QBR or unbelievable PFF numbers. He's 36. He's been injured a lot. He's sacked all the time. And his cap hit in three years is $37 million. So the way I look at it is the Packers are locked into this guy who probably in his current state can't get you over the top the way that a Brady or Breeze has laid into their careers. And with Kirk Cousins, if you don't like how it goes, then you can just move on after after this year. You could start your process of moving on by drafting a quarterback. I like that quarterback situation for the Minnesota Vikings franchise better than I like the quarterback situation of the Green Bay Packers. Can I put it that way? Yes, yes. But the key was today in practice in Green Bay, Aaron got a wristband with plays. So he's fixed now. <laughs> Well, that's the thing, right? LaFleur gave him the wristband and said, from now on, use this to call the plays. And this is what I mean. So when we're comparing these two quarterbacks, they're remarkably similar. Because one of the criticisms for both quarterbacks is, eh, they're not going to be the best leader or necessarily get along with everyone all the time. That's one thing. And it's, well, you know, this will fix them. This will fix them. This will fix them. What we should do is run play actions all the time. What we should do is get this new offense for him. And I'm not saying that both players' uh, performances can't be elevated by their circumstances. Of course they can. But when you're talking about having to do that, that's not a conversation we ever would have had with Aaron Rodgers before. And now we do. Okay, but how how much of that also is to blame Ted Thompson and the Packers for not building around him sufficiently? Because I I will give the Vikings this. (laughs) Their quarterback choice is often flawed. The building around that player has been pretty good. I mean, you get Diggs, you get Thielen, you get Cook now. You give them a defense. So so if the Packers had had dedicated themselves to defense like the Vikings have and had given that team that defense... You do go back to some of Aaron's better years, more productive potentially. Oh, yeah. They've got multiple and wonder, Super Bowls. Right, because Ted just, yep. I don't know what happened. He lost his fastball, and it all sort of stopped. And, and you look at what the Packers did, or more importantly, I guess, Matthew didn't do, and you say, I wonder what could have been there. Yeah, they have, for sure, multiple Super Bowls. If they have the Vikings defense and Mike Zimmer coaching the, the that defense with Aaron Rodgers playing on the offensive side. But those historic times for him, those unbelievable records that he was putting up and touchdown totals and quarterback ratings and winning games by himself and shootouts, whatever you needed, Aaron Rodgers could do it. It just hasn't been there in a while. Do you think it comes back now? New coach, new offense. If that coach is smart, he gives Aaron um, much more ability to do things than Mike did. Do you think there's one last hurrah? We talked about this on the show yesterday. Is there one last sort of rejuvenated, let's say, three- to four-year hurrah window here for Aaron? Well, here's why I would say probably not. Like, it probably won't change from what it's been in terms of the issues. Now, the numbers could be better. Maybe the success in win-losses will be better because they have a better defense. Um, the weapons are not much better overall. Um, Marquez Valdez-Scantling is like, okay, but he's just sort of a guy. And Adams is their only real receiver. Jimmy Graham is pretty washed. I think that one you could say very confidently he is mostly washed. Uh, um, and the other thing is, too, that I think the fundamental issue with Cousins that's just hard to wrap your head around, or not, I'm sorry, Rogers, because of his arm talent, is the guy gets sacked so often that he kills you on offense, that that they don't put up impressive numbers 
uh, in terms of their scoring totals, in large part because this guy is ruining drives by hanging onto the ball, hanging onto the ball. And the fact that that didn't change in week one, that it looked like, and I know Chicago is good, but the Vikings are good on defense too, and there are a lot of good defenses who have a lot of good pass rushers. This isn't going to change. I think that the increase in talent in pass rushing around the league might play some role in this. So when you look at just the point totals that the Green Bay Packers have put up, even with this historically great quarterback, it's just not super impressive. And I think a lot of it is because he is ruining drives with the amount of times that he brings on his own pressure, brings on his own sacks. And and when the Packers had the highest graded offensive line last year by PFF and gave up the second or third most sacks, let me check that, uh, they gave up the third most sacks in the entire NFL. Those things don't match up. That says it's on the quarterback. To get rid of the ball, that, yeah. That He's he has stubborn. to get rid of the ball. He is stubborn. And even when you look at just like some of the advanced numbers, they were a mid-pack passing game last year. So I don't, I don't know that just running more play actions and things like that, more bootlegs, is going to change the fact that Aaron seems to be afraid to throw the ball. And when he used to get sacked a lot, because he did back in his day, but he also averaged nine yards a pass, so the math worked. Well, when he averages seven yards a pass, the math doesn't work. I, I've long said that for what the th- three or four years that Aaron sat behind Brett, one thing, and this could be this is good in some ways and bad. The one thing that I think he came away with uh, going into his first year as a starter in two thousand eight was I'm never going to repeat all of the mistakes I just saw Brett make, and one of those is, and, and he will not do this for the most part. One of those is I'm not going to throw irresponsible passes, which leads to sacks. Yep. But if you think about it, how often I, he threw a pass, and, and I think it was nullified by a penalty. He threw a pass against the Bears, I want to say two or three years ago, Matthew. That's one of the most incredible blind passes I've ever seen. And it was caught for a touchdown that then I think subsequently was wiped out by a flag. In post game, somebody's like, what, what the heck? That was an unbelievable. And he said, that was a stupid pass. Because he's obs- he's obsessed with not being far. Yeah, that's, but that also that's gets really you sacked. That gets you sacked because Brett, if Brett was about to be sacked, would do what? He'd fling the ball. Oh yeah, of course. So and... I so I think that this is a guy who looked at Brett and said, "There's a lot of things that I'm never going to repeat." But at some point in time, you've got to just dump the ball off or throw it away or do something that's not going to result in multiple sacks. And we've talked about this with Cousins a lot, and I think Aaron Rodgers is way worse at getting rid of the ball than Kirk Cousins is. And and that doesn't mean throwing it away. I mean just getting it out of your hand. Rodgers, even when he throws the ball away, will wait and wait and wait and wait and wait. And you're like, uh, are you going to throw the ball? Like, even as just someone who was watched football forever, any person, you, you don't have to cover the game or be an NFL player or anything. You could just watch a game and be like, dude, throw the ball. Throw the ball. Mm-hmm. Why aren't you throwing the ball? And uh, I'm trying to check this right now, but I think Rodgers was, yeah, um, of 39 quarterbacks who played fairly regularly last year, you know, backups included, he was 35th getting rid of the ball. All the other guys are running quarterbacks. So, of course, Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, those guys are going to run around because they can make special plays off of that. But Rodgers was just not getting rid of the football last year, and he wasn't 
last week. And if he doesn't against the Vikings, they'll lose. And I just watched the game from last year at U.S. Bank Stadium. It was the same stuff. The defensive line, Sheldon Richardson included, Mm -hmm. uh, completely lit up the Packers in part because there were a lot of times where Rodgers would look and there might be something there, but it wasn't clearly there. That's the thing, yes. So he he just ate it. Perfect play. Yep. Third down and 13, there was one play where he gets sacked. It's just like, really, man? Anthony Barr, that play... Is largely his fault. What's that play? What do you mean? The, the bar play on, on which Aaron got hurt. Oh, oh, okay. At US yeah. Bank Stadium yeah. is largely Aaron's fault because he didn't get rid of the ball. Because the majority of QBs say this bleep is breaking down. Yep. Here I'm going to throw it to Mike McCarthy. Yes, and that's another part and of then, this too. And then that, bar doesn't hit you, and you're fine. Rogers gets hurt all the time. And so this is this is the entire argument all brought together. The Cousins versus Rodgers, not in a bubble, but the entire situation. That Cousins is consistently healthy through his entire career. Rodgers is always banged up. He plays 16 games, but how many of them were playing hurt last year, including the game that he played against the Vikings? And then you will hear people say, well, he was playing hurt. But when has he not been? Because he brings on all this contact. You get sacked five times by the Chicago Bears, you're banged up, like right off the bat. And if you get sacked five more times by Daniil Hunter, who is a freak of nature, or Everson Griffin, you're right, going to sprain. You're going to get hurt. Yeah. I mean, this is this is the the entire argument is way more nuanced than Cousins is better than Rodgers. Of course, he's not better at being a, a quarterback, but Rodgers has kind of done this to himself. And as he's gotten older, he can't make up with his arm talent for some of the other shortcomings in his game that are now very much highlighted. And yes. He's still good. I mean, he's still in the top 10 yeah, quarterbacks in the NFL. I'd still take him. But all these other things, you risk injury with him, mm-hmm. and you have a tremendous salary cap hit that after two years goes way, way through the roof. And they haven't been able to put a lot around him, which is another part of it. So uh, I think that there is a case for the Vikings having a better quarterback situation than the Packers. Let's see who's next. That's my response. So when Kirk walks... Oh sure. If this you can finally, too. if you can finally get this right, then more power to you. I told Chad that Let's he's see. not from Minnesota, so he can't say that the quarterback's going to be a bust after Cousins. Like if you're from Minnesota, you could say that. Well, I guess my question becomes this: Who is doing the grocery shopping for said well, QB this time? So it isn't it isn't that you get that you necessarily get rid of Cousins after two years. It's that you can't. That's the point. Is that if this year, right? But I'm I'm going to. It doesn't happen. I'm well, moving on. I'm not if he wins twelve games and they go to the NFC Championship. Then, then I'm oh, no then I'm no not. mission accomplished. Then yeah, well, you then I'm getting rid of him e- even more so. But they, no, I but think this is a three year deal. I really do. Though if he if he goes to the NFC Championship game, they will not be getting rid of him. They'll be going to him with a contract extension for sure. Boy, if I'm Rob Brzezinski and we're successful, I say mission accomplished, boys. Now let's go find that. Let's go find that young quarterback who, for four years, we don't have to pay. Well, they they did move on from Keenum after a thirteen and three season, so it could happen. If I could just draft, if I could draft that guy, and I got him for basically four years at a controlled cost, I really like that idea. All right, but th- this is a this is a June conversation, so let's move on to something really important, mm-hmm. which is that we have to do. Uh, Vikings law and order, or, well, this doesn't actually pertain to the Vikings. So NFL law and order, this is really important because I have to accuse the National Football League of multiple infractions from last night. On Purple Daily, our coverage is represented by two separate but equally important groups, the reporters who gather information and the analysts who criticize the team. These are their stories. 
All right, Jed. Last night on video, and I actually spotted this live, yeah. and then I saw the uh, replay that my eyes were not deceiving me because I had too many Diet Dr. Peppers and Triscuits, which is what I was eating oh, when I watched the game last I night. I love a good Triscuit. Great combination. Triscuits are so good. Uh, oh, yeah. So, late in the game, between Uh the Carolina Panthers and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Cam Newton throws a little slant route to somebody, Curtis Samuel, maybe, I don't know who it was. And he catches it, and he goes down, and it's third down and four, and he clearly gets three yards. Or third down and six, and he gets five. He's one yard short of the first down. Mm -hmm. And the referee comes in, he picks the ball up, and he flips it to his buddy, who's supposed to put it down exactly where he picked it up and set it initially. That is how you do it. And instead, the other ref puts it a yard farther, and they give him the first down. Nobody reviews it. Nobody looks at it again. Nobody says, uh, what just happened with that ball spot? It's just first down. I would like to accuse them of robbery there, robbing the Tampa Bay Bucks of a stop on third down, yeah. which would have put the game uh, in Carolina's hands. Yeah. And Carolina almost goes down and wins the game. Like, imagine if they win the game in part because of a play where you completely botched the spot. Not the, the first ref got it exactly right, and the second ref just put it a yard farther. What is this? I've got uh, got questions here because I was watching the Twins game. Why on earth didn't ref one say to ref two, "Hey, dummy, put the ball back where I just threw it to you from"? I have no clue. One of the guys did he make it? Like, did he walk towards him? Could you no, say? It? Could there you was tell? no gesturing. There was nothing. What? He just flipped it to the other ref. You could see this video. Uh, Steve from PFF has this up on his Twitter, but I'm sure a hundred people do. That he clearly picks it up. There's video evidence, everyone, for me to Hold accuse on. them of robbing Tampa Bay from a third down stop. Who's got and, this? Uh, Steve, uh, however you pronounce the name, you know what I'm talking about. I'm going to go find it right Steve now. I'm going to go find it right now. Pelizolo. So well. At right. PFF underscore Steve. He has this on his Twitter from last night. Okay. Picks it up, flips it to the other ref, who puts it down a yard farther and gives them a first down. It's outrageous. Well, this is, I, I mean, that's gross incompetence I've, right there. It, it, it's many things that you could accuse them of, and they're all correct. It, it, like, this is the most incompetent or bizarre thing that I have seen from referees since yesterday. I mean, just incredible. I, this I can't say I've ever seen before. I've seen bad spots, but mm-hmm. I have not seen one where they made the correct spot and then the other ref just changed it because, I don't know, he was looking up in the stands or something. So that's one. Well, with that game, I guess I can't blame him that's, totally. That's one count of robbery. Uh-huh. Count number two of robbery in the first degree, because I don't understand law at all, is... Well, you're going for all the gusto here, They Matthew. robbed us of our time last night when we sat and we sat and we sat and we waited for them to review a clear pass interference. But wait, no, everyone. That was illegal contact. It was not pass interference. It was illegal contact. And you know what? You can't change illegal Contact, you can only change pass interference. So even though the dopey corner from the Bucks clearly hit the wide receiver from the Panthers, it wasn't when Cam had released the ball yet. So even though he committed an infraction and we're looking at it on replay, we can't change it. And then the referee comes out and just says, nope, it's not changed, gives no real explanation. Uh-huh. So then we've got to rely on Mike Pereira, who just give him the whole damn broadcast. Like, don't even have Joe Buck there. Just make the whole freaking thing about referees and replays and reviews. Why are we even playing anymore? What do we need a former player to analyze 
here. We only need to be talking about referees constantly because of reviews. I want to jump out a window when I watch these games now, Judd. It is absurd how long this took. I could have walked the dog, gotten myself more Triscuits from the store, come back, eaten all of them, and Mike Pereira would still be telling me, well, illegal contact, you can't review that. Like, what? So, guilty. Find them guilty. <laughs> well, hold on a second. I think if, after after hearing this, and the mountain of evidence to which you presented against the uh, against the defendants... We got one problem. This is a case of you getting what you deserved because you watched that game. Oh, Thursday blame night. The victim. Thursday this night. This is really this the is counter vi- argument. Is blame Thir- the victim. Thursday night football. What are you doing? What are you doing watching Thursday night football? You know we've had this talk before. There have been good Thursday night games. Okay, but in week two, when's the last good Thursday night game? And by the way. I knew I, I went to the Twins game almost on a full time basis. The second I turned that thing on and saw that they could only use two camera angles because the storm meant all the camera operators had to abandon their posts. <laughs> when you are willing to, when the National Football League puts human lives above its product, it's a terrible <laughs> game. Oh man! So I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but while, while your on. case is compelling, while your case is compelling, and altogether probably very accurate. You watched that much of that game. I watched the whole freaking thing. See, at least I watched the Twins get waxed. And I feel, I actually feel, um, well, I feel bad for everyone else who watched because you were uh, a victim of a terrible robbery of your time when it came to those referees and the review. And why would you not include illegal contact? If you're going to make this reviewable, illegal contact and pass interference I mean, if you pull the 1,000 people, you might get 12 who could really tell you the actual difference between those two. Yeah, you're and, right. And when you mug the guy just before the quarterback throws, as a, I mean, we're talking milliseconds here before the ball leaves Cam Newton. I mean, that's just as illegal as what he would have done seconds later if he had mugged him then. Come on, guys. I mean, this shouldn't have been this Are you hard. done with Thursday Night Games for a while now? No, I'm not. I'm going to watch them, but I could still be mad and accuse them of things and have them arrested. This doesn't drive you away? It doesn't come close to driving you away? Well, I mean, look. The the product is awful on Thursday nights at this time of year, I believe. Except for week one, when obviously they get it right, because they ordinarily have two good teams playing. I'm just always going to watch NFL games whenever I can. I mean, just, you know. I, I want to know what's going on. I want to follow along with stuff. It's here's my sort question of integral for you. to the job. <laughs> I got a question for you. If if Carolina Tampa Bay had uh, kicked off at noon on a Sunday, how many red zone cut ins oh, alone game? would that game justify? Not that many. Not too many. It was so bad. And yet they put it as a standalone. And also, I mean, you know what? Cam Newton is broken. Like his body yeah. is shot. He's a mess. We talked about that today. And you're right. Why would you play him in the preseason? Then why would you get him hurt in the preseason and play him week one if his foot can't allow him to run? Cam Newton is one of the great running quarterbacks, if not the greatest in history. He owns the most touchdowns ever as a runner. The guy can get 600 to 800 yards when he's at his best. And defenses, it drives them crazy. He's never been a perfect thrower, for sure. He's been better than this, but he's never been perfect. And... He His foot hurts him, so he's not running. Well, okay, so you're taking away a third of his game right there. He clearly can't set or plant or do something or push off because everything was flying over everybody's heads. And you're playing him 
in week one. You're playing him in week two. Why are, why are you doing this to Cam Newton? I mean, he needed to sit a couple of weeks, and you should have just accepted that and owned it as opposed to trying to be like, oh, no, 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 he's fine. He's totally fine. We didn't hurt him in preseason. Come on. They're, they're ruining this guy's career because he is now constantly It might be injured. ruined, Matthew. It might be done. Yeah, I think it's done. I, I, what he should do is he should take the rest of this year completely off and get 100% healthy with his shoulder, with his foot, because neither one of those things looks right. His throwing motion that they tried to revamp and say, no, no, he's fine. He's got a great throwing motion now. Like, you can't do that. He's got to strengthen the shoulder back up after a horrible injury last year that, again, he tried to play through. Mm -hmm. Why did they let him do this? It's been complete malpractice, so they should be arrested too. (laughs) And somebody else, this is going to carry over to the next segment, because there's somebody that Minnesota Vikings are generally not a huge fan of in this world who also should be imprisoned. And we'll talk about... Football prison? Yes. Wow! Maybe real prison. We'll talk about that next when we uh, return here. It's Purple Daily on Score North. The countdown to the Medtronic Twin Cities Marathon Weekend is on. If you're not running, be one of the 4,000 volunteers who will make this annual community jewel sparkle. Whether you help at the expo or on the course or at the finish line, you'll find your efforts satisfying and appreciated. Visit tcmevents.org forward slash volunteer to learn more and sign up. Now back to Purple Daily. All right, back here, Purple Daily. Judd and I will get into a little bit uh, Packers-Vikings, but I just have to bring this to you all. Since I know there are so many huge Greg Williams fans in Minnesota, lots. I mean, it's just crazy. People have Greg Williams jerseys, and he's not even a player. Darn near was a coach um, here. They have Greg Williams hats. 2006? You know, um, like on Halloween, we can wear a Richard Nixon mask. We've got Greg Williams masks that everyone wears. Yeah. Like, oh, you're Greg Williams. Me too. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Uh We hate Greg Williams here in Minnesota, uh, and there's great reason for it. So today, after being accused of telling his players to take dirty shots at Odell Beckham, which Greg never Greg Williams would ever tell anyone to hurt a player, right? So Odell Beckham says he's back on his BS telling players to go hurt other players, and you all should know about that. But anyway, whatever, moving on with life. So Beckham reveals this nugget. And it hasn't been a huge story, but I think Greg Williams may have made it into a bigger story himself by being a complete jackass. So let's hear that. Odell who? That was a joke. (laughs) That was Jerry. Uh, You know, that's just, you know, those are the things. I think there's been several players. I just found out about it, but we've got several players that have already come out and, you know, that have mentioned things about that. We don't do that. I've never done that anywhere I've been. Uh, We don't do anything to hurt the team. It's it's the number one primary thing. You're committing penalties. You're doing those type of stuff. We just don't do it. And, you know, you guys are cooperating, giving him attention. Just don't give him attention, you know, and it just is what it is. He's a discouraging on some level, though. He is one of the most dynamic players. So there you have it, Greg Williams. Uh, he, let's see, there's a article from 2012 asking, should Greg Williams be banned forever from the NFL for Bounty Gate? <laughs> um, $500,000 fine. Sean Payton was suspended, right? Wasn't Greg Williams suspended yeah. as well? Yes, he was. So they found for at least them a year, right? to be, yeah. Uh, right here, NFL.com, 2012, Greg Williams apologizes for role in bounties. So I've I've never done that. I've never, ever told players to hurt. 
Why does this article say Greg Williams apologizes for role in bounties? So he was playing a role yep. in bounties to hurt Minnesota Vikings players, namely Brett Favre, but he just said he's never been involved in anything like that. I mean, that's like El Capone saying, alcohol business, I never heard of it. What, what is this? Prohibition? <laughs> and, and I paid my taxes every Elliot year, Ness? So. Never heard of him. Like, what? He's a uh, great guy, Greg Williams. Yeah. Why do people keep hiring him? His defenses aren't even that special. I have no idea. And I mean, he is, I I guess, I guess the best thing that you could possibly say about the guy, and I don't say this in a good way, is he's a throwback to, you know, the 70s or something. But man, I thought once the Saints thing blew up, he'd basically be done. But guys kept bringing him back, and they still do. Although, you know what? You know what? He deserves the Jets, and the Jets... Deserve yes, him. I totally agree. In fact, didn't I think uh, during the press conference that Gaze had today, or at some point this week, Adam Gaze now admits to telling to threatening players with the Dolphins that he would actively try to trade them to the Browns <laughs> if the, he didn't like what they were doing. That is amazing. So, but, but what th- a truck! But fire. think about that. You're about to play the Browns, so your team's about to play the Browns. National TV game. And coaches who won't tell you what time of day it it is, what the weather is like, he's now regaling. What a weird, what a weird dysfunctional franchise. Uh, Greg Williams, 2016, his defense ranked 23rd in points, 2017, 31st, and last year, 21st also. So why is he, yeah, so why is he still playing? So why would you go out of your way to say, you know the guy we really need? Somebody who hasn't been good at defense in a really, really long time, who also was suspended for Bounty Gate, is also mostly crazy, doesn't says stuff like this, doesn't, it's not like he even runs some brilliant system that you just have to have. I don't get it at all, and uh, not surprising that he went up to the podium and made a complete idiot of himself today. So congratulations, Greg Williams. Your reputation just keeps getting better. I'm just glad that he never, ever told his players to hurt anybody. Except for they, the time he admitted they, to doing it. They high, apologized They high-load Favre. I thought Favre's body was going to snap that day. Man. All right. Speaking of Favre, Vikings-Packers. A year ago, we had one of the most entertaining uh, games that I've ever covered. I don't know about you. I mean, that was a wild one. We thought it was over by halftime or by the third quarter, and then Cousins of the Furious come back. And I remember I wrote after the game that this was a defining moment from Kirk Cousins that was ruined. And after the game, and this just tells you about week two and week one conclusions, I wrote, like, look at this a great offense that they had in the second half. And John mm-hmm. D. Filippo's play calling was legit really good. They found great ways to use uh, Kyle Rudolph, and they were just on fire in that second half. And then uh, the rest of the season, you know, we saw the offense go down after the Los Angeles game, and it was never the same. Um, but I think what Kirk Cousins did show you was that Lambeau did not intimidate him being down in the game, that he has that possibility. It exists within him to be down in the game and come back. And as they go to Lambeau, I don't look at this as, well, Cousins going up against that atmosphere, he's definitely going to blow it. Like, people kind of look at the primetime games that way. I wouldn't necessarily, after actually looking at the primetime games that he's lost, uh, and I wouldn't look at this and say, well, it's it's a big moment, so he's going to blow it. Mm -hmm. I, I, I would not say that based on what he did last year in Lambeau. 
Agreed completely, but so here's my question. Last year, it, it was a fun game as a fan to watch, but as far as the Vikings were concerned, I think it ran it ran completely opposite of what the Vikings want. Not what Kirk Cousins wants, but what the Vikings want. And my question now, too, is, is this, and we'll start to get the answer this weekend, is is this Packers defense as good as we think it's, it could be? Because that Packers defense a year ago was not good. And, and my question now going into this game is, I don't think that these Packers defensively are going to reach the uh, the um, threshold of what the Vikings and Bears are at, Matthew. But I think that they're going to be a lot closer now. And, and so that's why I, I expect this time an entertaining game if you're a fan of defense. But I don't expect a 13-point comeback. I don't expect huge runs. I think that the Packers def- or the Packers offensively at some point in time here it might click, but I don't think it's it's going to be based on what we saw in Week One. In Week Two, the Vikings defense is uh, still very very good and solid, so I would not be surprised. In fact, I think my prediction uh, on Viking Vet Line today was twenty four seventeen Vikings, but I think it's going to be a close, low scoring game now. And so the question for the Vikings offense is. Can Kubiak and the boys put Cousins in a position to maximize his opportunities? Because I don't think the opportunities that we saw in the second half of the game in Week 2 last year are going to consistently be there. Sure, sure, yeah. I I agree with the pass rush that they have now. And and one of the things that Green Bay didn't have last year, even though Kenny Clark and uh, Mike Daniels had great games, the edge rushers did not. Mm -hmm. Well, the edge rushers are different now. The edge rushers are good at football, unlike what Clay Matthews looked like last year, which was a total shell of himself. And Zadarius Smith, Preston Smith, these guys are good. And Mike Zimmer talked about today how they line up Zadarius Smith all over the field, too. He's kind of like Jadavion Clowney in the way that they put him at line. Zim probably loved it, too. Oh, yeah. He probably got really excited talking about it. it. The press conference today, how long was that, Jonathan? Did you watch it? It was probably like a minute and a half. Was, the Greg Williams one? No, the uh, the Zimmer? Zimmer one. Oh yeah, it was. Like, I, I love his fire I press asked every question. I think it, uh, so. It was it was very short, but. Um, and he wasn't even giving short answers. It's just sometimes when you get to Friday, you've asked everything. But he got excited about only one thing and one thing only. The Packers defense. And that was Darius Smith. <laughs> That's right. Uh, but he doesn't discriminate. I, I feel like I've just sort of brought it up and brought it up and brought it up. And um, he's not a guy that is well known. But I, I think that he brought such a different element when they signed him that it was maybe the best signing of the entire offseason by anybody was to bring this guy in. And then Preston Smith from Washington is good, too. Jair Alexander has gotten better. They brought in Amos from uh, Chicago. He made a big play in that first game. And the personnel is so much better that I'm buying them being very much legit. Mm -hmm. That they are are good and they're running a same system from last year. So the guys that were there know it. And the other guys who they brought in are very talented. So uh, you're right that this is not going to be a game where you expect Kirk Cousins to throw all over the place. It's going to have to be one in similar fashion. And I went back and watched the Packers-Vikings last year at U.S. Bank Stadium late in the season. And I saw... Uh, the Vikings defense doing things to Aaron Rodgers that they haven't even done before in the past as much and confusing him and getting him sacked all the time. And I'm not sure that that's any different. And even though David Bakhtieri looks like he'll play, I'm still talking about a back injury going up against the real Everson Griffin. It's a yeah, big deal. Not the version that we saw at the end of last year, right. but the first week version on tape looked tremendous he just had power and he had energy and he had that burst you know when his uh when he takes off 
Now, I, I do wish, because it just feels weird, they would stop calling it the get-off on the uh, broadcast. You're like, okay, that sounds weird. But when he takes off at the snap... <laughs> they're football terms, man. Football is weird. Football's like, got a lot, a lot of weird of terminology. Like, there is, yeah, there's a lot of penetration in football, and it's mm-hmm. like, ooh. Uh, but... Uh, it, <laughs> Not a science class. Everson Griffin off the edge was so good last week that I feel like the Vikings will win this game because the defense is going to be great again. And Chad Graff, before we went on, he said to both of us, he was like, I'm a little worried this team's going to be great. <laughs> and and not like you don't want it to be, but it means we work a lot longer into <laughs> the playoffs. It's fun when a team is great, but, but Matthew, it's a lot of work. It really should be, right? Like it really yes. should, they oh, should, should be, be. very, yeah. very good. Yep. The formula here, if it's orchestrated correctly, should work. The personnel is really good. Like you've got a lot of components. The, o- the only thing... And this is the one big, whoa, slow down, let's wait and see, pass protection. Yeah. Because I, I don't know on that. Yep. I just, I have no clue. Yep. That's the one where I am, I am not making, I mean, Cousins dropped back, what, 11 times through 10 times? We, we don't know. And that line, the interior of that line really does scare me. But defensively, skill position-wise, offensively, if Delvin Cook is healthy, Look at this team. But I've had, yeah, I've had the same feeling as him throughout training camp is that it was a quiet camp, which is good for them. It felt like 2017. The offense looks smarter. Uh, Cousins has a good debut, I thought, even though he was only asked to throw 10 passes. Delvin Cook looks spectacular. Like everything sort of has come together the way that they designed it in camp. Sometimes you get to the end of camp and you're like, wow, this looks nothing like what we talked about in the offseason. This looks exactly like what we've talked about in the offseason. And we've always felt like, best case scenario, this team can be a powerhouse. And, and that's what I think that they bring into Green Bay, is that they just look really strong. Rhodes looks healthier. Griffin looked great in Week 1. The running game was on point. And the pass protection really is the only thing that you're super concerned about. And you should be going into this game. But the way Rodgers looked in week one and all these things about how you're going to fix Rodgers, fix Rodgers, fix Rodgers. I don't know. I mean, not, it might uh, take a few weeks, not against this defense, yep. but, but also like Rodgers hasn't played well against the Vikings in recently with I mean, Zimmer. He got hurt in 2017. So I guess there's that. But last year he well, didn't, he didn't play well in either game, like super well. I told Phil this. We we in this town became very jaded and colored by, by the fact that Aaron, for how many years, went up against Les Frazier's defense. And he embarrassed them. And so we think, oh my gosh, the ball is flying by a cornerback's ear hole. This, but that has not happened for a long time. And Mike was brought here. If, if Spielman were to be truthful with you, I would say, Rick would tell you right now, that one of the three or four primary reasons why Mike was hired was to stop Aaron Rodgers. Because they couldn't. And Mike's done a really good job. So I'm trying to look at the um, in the Zimmer era from Aaron Rodgers. How many times has he really lit up the Vikings? It it just the 2016 one is when the corners went rogue. Yeah, that's and that's a difficult. That was a mess. And that was a yeah. Last year that was a lost year by that point. Last year he was okay. I mean, he made some plays last right. year, but 42 passes to get 281 yards is not spectacular. And you're not getting Four times sacked. Out. Yep, that was in the, in the game that they that was tied twenty nine twenty nine. In the game here, he threw for one hundred and ninety eight yards and was sacked four times. That's not impressive at all in in a win by the Vikings. So it has been a long time since Rodgers has just come in and absolutely lit up the Vikings or 
done it in uh, in Lambeau Field. So, all right, let's take a break. Let's wrap up. Get the final word on a Friday. Zolged Collar on Purple Daily here uh, on Score North. Time for the Score North download. Jonathan here with this hour's download. Time for an injury report update here as we head into Vikings Packers weekend. Mackenzie Alexander sustained the injury in the season opening win over the Falcons was listed or declared as out for Friday's game in the Friday injury report. The expectation is that Jaron Curse will cover that role for him. Cornerback Mike Hughes, the first round pick from last year, who tore his ACL and another undisclosed ligament was listed as a full participant in Friday's practice, but is listed as doubtful for Sunday's match. Other notables on the injury reports for the Vikings and the Packers, Pat Elfline listed as questionable, and David Bakhtiari is listed as questionable for the Packers. Join Dan Terra and myself this Sunday at 4 p.m. for Minnesota United and Royal Salt Lake from Allianz Field. Pre-game at 4 p.m. with kickoff at 4.30 right here on Score North on AM 1500, scorenorth.com, and the free Score North mobile app. That's been your Score North download. Now back to Purple Daily. Okay, he's a friend of Judd Zulgad. He appeared once on the Purple Podcast after a Vikings-Packers game. He has covered the Packers for a long time as our friend in Wisconsin, Jason Wildey. What is going on, Jason? Uh, it's funny that you bring up that podcast, and then I never got invited back. Yeah, yep. Oh, you're more than welcome on Sunday to stick around again. <laughs> you can join us in the back of Lambeau Field before we get in the car and head home. Uh, so, uh, so Jason, what's the uh, what's the feel uh, I want to know about Rodgers in the offense? Because it looked pretty abysmal to start, but after the game, Rodgers was grinning about his defense. But uh, I don't think there was a whole lot to write home about Matt LaFleur's new offense in that first week. Certainly not in the first game. And, look, they also played one of the best defenses in the league. Now they'll be facing another one of the best defenses in the league on Sunday. So we'll see how they fare against uh, the Vikings. But, look, they said it was going to be a work in progress. I thought it was really interesting that Rodgers kind of went out of his way uh, last week in advance of that game to try and kind of tamp down expectations for the offense. Um, it's not saying, you know, essentially it's not, it's not going to be anywhere near as good as it's going to be once, uh, we get rolling and once we get further into the season, but it was, it was not good. There's no, there's no denying that. And I think what was most compelling to me was that Aaron Rodgers acknowledged that he didn't play well, that he needs to get the ball out more quickly, uh, that he, um, needs to get to the line of scrimmage faster and, snap the ball earlier. All those things were factors for him. And he doesn't often say, hey, that's my bad. That's on me. I wonder if with a new coach, he feels better about being able to do that as opposed with Mike McCarthy when he rarely did. My guess is yes, right, Jason? I think so, Judd. I mean, look, I think he, look, it's, it's kind of fashionable to bash McCarthy now. Um, and point out that he had two, you know, Super Bowl winning quarterbacks that he got to work with, Hall of Fame quarterbacks, and that maybe the quarterbacks made the coach. But you know, he's still a good coach, and so I, I, I'm a little hesitant to do this. But I just think their relationship had gotten to the point where he just didn't, if, even when he did make mistakes, because he's not infallible. Rodgers didn't want to kind of publicly say that. And there was a game in week four where they shut out Buffalo and they only put up 22 points. And he basically went to the postgame podium 
and trashed McCarthy and the game plan <laughs> publicly. Um, and that was kind of the beginning of the end, I think, as we all saw it. So, Jason, if this doesn't look better shortly, though, is there a chance that he does the same to Matt LaFleur or that he starts openly questioning things about how they've called the game? I don't think so. I really don't. I, I uh, You know, I had an interesting conversation with Brian Bulaga uh, who's their longtime right tackle and one of only four guys, including Rodgers, that is left from their Super Bowl team. And he's, you know, he he's very aware. Like he pays attention to all these shouting TV shows, and he's on Twitter. He doesn't tweet much, but he reads a lot of it. And he said, "I've got a hot take for you." He said, "Rod Aaron has done absolutely everything he can." to make this relationship now work and done everything the way Matt LaFleur has asked him to. And it was a little bit unprompted. So I, I wondered for a moment what maybe his motivation was, but then as we got into it further, his motivation was, I think he just pays attention to a lot of the loud talking national types. And he wanted to kind of throw his two cents in the look. Rogers is, is reinvigorated. He is excited I think there's a weight that's been lifted. I think he's in a really good place. I think not that Judd would know anything about this because his wife, Dawn, is an amazing human being. But I think they were just in a bad marriage, and it was time for them to get a divorce. Her play calling sucks, Jason. And Judd is washed up. Yeah, her Don's her, her, her play calling, she's lost the fastball. I'll tell you that right now. All these screens, it's a bunch of BS. I want to go downfield, okay? Uh, yeah, that's probably not your strength. I'm, I think you're more of a crossing route guy. But <laughs> the, the, I, I really do. You know, I, quickly, because I, I, I'm rambling a little bit. Um, they When the Vikings played the Rams early in the season last year, you guys remember that Thursday night game, obviously? Oh, yeah. Where, where, and that was the week of that Buffalo game. So this all kind of comes together. So we were in the locker room Friday morning then, because the Packers were playing on Sunday against Buffalo. And it was a buzz in the locker room. Guys talking about how fun it would be to play in that Rams offense and how impressed they were by the Rams offense that it was able to do what it did against a really, really good defense like the Vikings on a short week. And I maintain, and Rodgers has never acknowledged this to me or confessed it, but I think he watched that game on Thursday night now, I know, because Mike McCarthy acknowledged it on Friday morning, that I know they talked about some of the stuff that the Rams did and integrating it into their offense. Then their offense does not have a productive day in a shutout victory on Sunday. And then Rodgers gets up there and trashes McCarthy in the game plan. <laughs> Those are not unrelated events. And so he has finally gotten what he has wanted for a really long time. He's got a... GM will sign free agents, and he's got a more cutting-edge offensive play caller and head coach. So I think he's really excited, and now he's putting it on himself, basically saying, I've got what I want, now I've got to do my part. All right, last thing for you, Jason Wildey, before we uh, let you go, and then we'll see you in the press box. And uh, You can join us on the podcast. Can't wait to do the podcast. You can join us on the podcast. podcast. Just have to wait around until we're done. Okay, I didn't know that it stuck with you for two years. Sorry, Jason. I I didn't know it was was that serious. Especially by Uh, you, like... 
Judd, I expect. <laughs> well, you 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 mentioned uh, the free agents and on the defensive side, very much noticeable Zadarius and Preston Smith in the first game. So, uh, just before we wrap up, legit or uh, we got to see? No, I think they're legit. I mean, you guys have seen it with the um, evolution of uh, Everson Griffin and Danielle Hunter. Um, sometimes it takes a little while for pass rushers to really hit their stride. And I think the Packers are going to find that they hit on Zadarius Smith at exactly the right time. I think he's going to be a stud for them. And and Preston Smith is a good pass rusher, but he's also a big dude that can set the edge. And obviously that's going to be really important against Dalvin Cook on Sunday. All right. Thanks, Jason. We will podcast with you on Sunday. See you Sunday, will they? Appease your rage. We'll see. <laughs> well, we'll see. Maybe I'll turn you down now. Wow. <laughs> All right, J- Jason, All thanks, right, thanks for popping on. See you Sunday. Talk to you. Bye. Yep. Jason Woolley there, ESPN Wisconsin, and uh, contributes to The Athletic, and we are done. So, uh, Judd, picking the Vikings? Yes, I am. 24-17. All right. I will pick them as well, and I'll go... Um, I'll go 28-17. Pressure's on. I'll go there. All right. We'll... Uh, after the game, have a purple daily up. We have vent line here. Now it's every day. There's all sorts of Vikings in your face. Mackie and Judd with Rami is coming up next here on Score North. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy 5 or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. The Venture X Card from Capital One gives you more of what you love, like premium travel benefits and access to Taylor Swift tickets. Oh, I do love her. Earn five times miles on flights and ten times miles on hotels through Capital One Travel. Enjoy your stay in Suite 13. Whoa, 13? That's Taylor's lucky number. Plus, get access to Taylor Swift The Eras Tour, presented by Capital One. Maybe I'll see you there. The Venture X Card from Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details.